at SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, let's get the latest then on what's happening. Casta Semenya did announce on her Twitter page last week that uh, they were going a step further. And Gregory Knott joins us on the line. Good evening, Mr. Knott, and thanks again for being available to speak to us on SAFM. Oh, it's a pleasure to be so. No, not a problem at all. Thank uh, you. Nice to join you. Thank you. You're now going to the European Court of Human Rights. Does it mean that you no longer see this as a sporting issue or is it still a sporting matter that has violated human rights? I've always seen it, to be quite frank, I've always seen it beyond just a sporting issue. Mm. I've always seen it as a, as a human rights issue, as a, as a, a, a dignity issue, an ethical dignity issue. It goes way beyond sport, but being custom, being the sports person, she carries the flag. Yes, and as we're speaking to you, uh, Custer has just come on. Well, some of the races have come on on SABC News, and I think they're also uh, probably talking about this, or they were talking about this. So when you go to court, then, um, my little understanding of being in court, there has to be a defendant and an, an accuser. Who's the defendant in this case? Well, we'll be putting our... We'll be, well, in this instance, we, the World Athletics, um, we're going to say they violated certain of the conventions of of uh, of the Swiss of the European Court for Human Rights, mm. and and the and the violations we say are Article 14, we say they they the violation of Article 8 and Article 3, all dealing with, really with the, with with uh, discrimination and equity, and dealing with um, and and dealing with the dignity of a person and. And and that's what we will be arguing. Yes, having having gone through other processes, is this now the last option available to you at the moment? At the moment, it is. But you know, people have put hurdles in in front of us for some time, and we've always somehow found another avenue. So I I wouldn't say it would be the last. Mm. And and just just back to those points that you want to raise now at the European Court of Human Rights. Just you said discrimination. What are the others? Uh, well, Article Fourteen prohibits the discrimination, and the key will be showing the the that the regulations discriminate against against cluster and women with high testosterone un, unfairly, mm. and they are women with a genetic variation. And we're saying that there are other people with uh, with uh, variation of ge- uh, generic variations. Then there's Article 8, which deals with the right to respectful private life, which refers to invasive gender testing and examinations. In other words, at the moment, for Custer to run, she's got to have hormonal um, application or intervention for her to run. And we say that's, that is a violation of human rights. And then thirdly, well, Article 3 outlaws degrading treatment. And we say that the regulations themselves our degradation of of, um, of of treatment. So those would be three three main violations which we we put up as violations of the Convention of Human Rights. And and Costa did say on her tweet that this fight is not just about me; it's about taking a stand and fighting for dignity, equality, and the human rights of women in sport. So it's not just Costa here; it's a bigger picture that you're looking at. Exactly right, you know. And I, and I love that about Costa. She she realizes that, that, that this is going to be a hard challenge. This is going to be a hard case, one, to be heard before Tokyo because, um, because of, of, of a variety of reasons. There are many torture cases before her. 
many other human rights violations and she's got to wait for a, a priority listing. We've asked her for a priority listing for her case to be heard by the judge president, but um, there are many other cases. So she realizes that she it may not be heard before Tokyo, but she, she really strongly believes that this will be for other women as well. And I take my hat off to her. And and if it doesn't happen before Tokyo, because it's an Olympic year, and she'll still have to qualify, um, when when do you expect then the matter to be heard? Well, it could well be heard afterwards, which would give a chance to run in the World Championships for 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, but but then again, don't rule out Custer for running in in the Tokyo Olympics. In some other event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the 200. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you laughed. In the 200, yes, we've seen her run the 200. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad you laughed because you can never rule Custer out. Yes. And I also, as I'm talking to you, I'm also having a big, broad smile on my face. Yes. But will it be a train smash if this, if this matter is not had before Tokyo, considering that she's got a favorite event? But she is defending champion, and obviously yes. she loved to love to defend her title. So from that from that aspect, it is a it it is a disappointment for her um, if she if she can't defend her, her her title. But she is training very hard, and, um, and no doubt we'll see her in one form or another. And and I think that that's the greatness of Custer, and that's the inspiration of her for her young foundation of runners. And for the nation as a whole. And by the way, you know, it was very nice that during, uh, I think, early December, there was a parliamentary resolution that was passed in support of Custer, mm. which was the whole of Parliament, namely the whole of South Africa, supporting Custer, which I found to be great. Yes. And besides Parliament, what, what, what other support do you have? Well, we're looking. We're looking uh, AU. We're looking at uh, United Nations. We're looking at uh, Commonwealth. We're looking at all the variety of institutional bodies around the world to to come and. We're also looking at interveners. In other words, uh, parties which have an interest in the case and who want to intervene. And we've got a number of those who've already put up their hands. So they will have lawyers representing other interested parties who want to fight the case, and, and which is interesting because, you know, when, we, when I first started this case about 11 years ago, yeah. we, we were by, by ourselves. Yeah. But so as time has gone on, more and more people have come to the fore, which is great. And more and more people from both media and from the public have, have rallied around Custer. And that just goes to show the strength of the personality that she is. Yeah, that's very good to hear. Because I was about to ask if you still, um, if it's still the same team that started this. But let's just take a voice note. Evening, Tabiso. I hope you and all the SAFM listeners are well. This is Ben from Pretoria. I just wanted to ask, um, uh, Casta Semenya's lawyer over there. Um, we've seen that um, the other athletes, the other female athletes, have been sort of passive aggressive towards her. And we've seen that the Court of Arbitration of Sports isn't really on her side. The Olympic Committee is also sort of against her side, not on her side. So if um, the European Union um, Court of Human Rights doesn't rule in her favor, what would be the next step? Would she just um, opt out of uh, Olympic events or world races and 
Yeah. Has there been any athletes that have sort of come to a like support in this matter and such? I'm not speaking about locally because we tend to have a national bias and it's not a bad thing, but yeah, that's just what I wanted to know. Thanks. Okay, thanks, Ben. Uh, what's after the European Court of Human Rights, uh, Gregory? I think that's what he was asking. Is he there? I don't know if you can hear me, Mr. Not. Okay, I think we've lost him there, uh, Ben. Um, we're going to try and get him back on the line and then we are going to get that question. But what I do know is that um, Ma- Madeline Pape, she used to run against Caster. And remember, there were all those memes and people were making fun of her that she was complaining about Caster because Caster was beating her. But she actually came out uh, a year or two ago after studying a soci- sociology. Oh, my goodness, my memory. But she came out, there was something just, just that she, st- she studied and then she came out and she said now she actually supports Caster. So she's one of the athletes that actually stood behind uh, Caster after she went to school and she studied and I guess she started found out more about the merits of this case or, 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 the, or um, Caster's situation and she came she came back and she said she's in full support of Caster Semenya. I know that that's the one athlete that is that is supporting cast. I don't know about the others. I know that there was a similar case though with uh, Duty Chand, uh, the Indian Olympic uh, sprinter. I just don't know if she's on on um, on Casta Semenya's side. But uh, we are struggling now to get hold of Mr. Gregory Nod, so he hopefully um, we do get hold of him and he can answer uh, that for you. But I remember being at the um, 2016 Olympic Games in Rio and Duty Chand actually had a similar issue there, and there was a lot of media attention on her and uh, it. I don't know if it broke her because she really did not perform then and we've not heard a lot about Duty Chain ever since then. But we know Casta is made of standard stuff and it's a pity we can't get hold of Mr. Not. Now I think his battery has probably died because before our interview he was actually in a long meeting. He did tell us about that because I wanted to find out if the European Court of Human Rights now, are they not going to come back and say, but the World Athletics has rules. And there are certain rules. For example, if you are under 15, if there's an under 15 competition, you can't be 16. Basically, won't they come back and use that argument? But unfortunately, we can't get hold of Mr. Gregory. Not yeah, It's a tricky one, this. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to move on. If we do get hold of him before the end of the show, we'll bring him on. But I think uh, maybe we must move on. Do we have another voice note here? Okay, let's play another voice note. Evening, Tawiso. Um This is Ben from Pretoria. I just want to say that as well, um, this could, like I don't mean it in a bad way of course, but this could open up potentially a can of worms because um, transgender athletes can also argue that um, they've been discriminated against and uh, it becomes sort of a slippery slope. So would um Oscaster and her lawyers be willing to back um said athlete for example an athlete who has gone under a sex change or so would they be willing to back her or is this a personal fight or are they fighting on behalf of um like discriminated athletes of like every ilk or so thank you okay now i hear you um, ben, there it's a tough one there. 
But um, I do know that there was a, a, a ruling passed, though, uh, with the transgender athletes, with or with athletes, rather, who transitioned from female uh, to male. They were allowed to compete without restriction. But I know that a lot of people in the U.S. were not happy with that. And there was a case in the U.S. that actually went to the courts there with some people feeling that it was unfair advantage. Uh, but these are two different situations here with Casta because with hers, um, she was born that way. And then with the, with, with, um, the athletes with transition from female to male I think it's just a different one altogether but uh, we can't get hold of Mr. Knott at the moment and uh, we will bring him back on and uh, we will provide more clarity on this now it's a tough one I hear what you're saying